Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges, and joining us today, coming off of a uh, two-time world championship performance at the 2023 World Champs in Fukuoka. He got three medals there, two of them gold. He's an Olympic uh, gold medalist as well, hailing from Wales in the United Kingdom. Today, we're sitting down with Matt Richards. Matt, how's it going, man? Very good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> removed from the meet or maybe maybe five days or so um so just right off the bat um how is the meet sitting with you you know it's it is a long meet um just from a media perspective you know eight days is, is a lot of coverage to provide let alone put, putting your body and and your emotions i'm sure on the line for eight days straight um how are you feeling coming off of coming off of the performance you had and just letting it sit with the, with you for a few days yeah, I'm really good. Um, like you say, it was, it was a really long, long week, um, or week and a day, I should say. It was eight days long, wasn't it? So um, obviously for me, I was racing every day. Um, I had at least one race per day for the full eight days. Um, obviously, some of those days there was heats and, and semis and things like that. So a few days with a multiple race a day. But thankfully, I didn't have any in the same session. So that made life a little bit easier throughout the week. Um, but I think I finished off with 11 races. Um, some ups and some downs. Um, you know, obviously the two free final was a, a huge, huge up. That was a great result. I was really, really happy with that. Um, but as you said about emotions, um, it was really important straight after that that we kept the emotions in check and didn't get too excited and you know waste any emotional energy on the, the sort of the happiness of that because I had the hundred free heats starting the next morning. Um, and I would be lying if I said I was satisfied with the 100 free. Um, I think I was capable of a lot more than that in the final. Um, but lots of technical errors and mistakes led to the swim not being quite where I wanted it to be, but it was still a PB. So, um, you know, again, highs and lows. It was frustrating, but at the same time, a really positive step in the right direction. So overall, it was a, it was a great week. Um, lots we can take forwards and learn from um, and stand just in a great stead ready for next year. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into some specifics about the meet. Um, you know, you, you you said highs and lows. Um, obviously, the meet started for you all on a bit of a surprise. I'm guessing low with that. You know, you you came in in the 400 free relay. I believe it's it's a relay that the 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 Brits have been working on for quite a while and kind of just going yeah. up and up and up. And you guys came in as a favorite and looked to be a favorite out of those prelims, and then ultimately end up getting DQ'd um, just as a team. How do you, how, how did you guys bounce back from that? Yeah. I mean, look, we obviously we were all gutted. We were all really, really disappointed with that. Um, as you said, it's something we put a lot of work in. We were all really excited for that coming into the meet and we knew we could do something special. Um, you know, when we, when we finished that heat and we saw three, 10, four on the board, I think that's the, that was the final time. Um, you know, we looked at that and we were like, that's a hell of a morning swim. You know, we saw that and we were like, there's there's improvements to be made across the board. Um, this is by no means our fastest and we've gone three ten four in the morning. What an exciting time this is. But obviously then we were all gutted to see the, the DQ come up shortly afterwards. Um, 
But I think something we've, we've all said a few times, we win together and we lose together. Um, you know, a relay is a team event. The, the disqualification came when I came into the wall and Jacob dived in after me. It's not one man's fault. You know, my, my finish probably could have been better, which may have given us the one one hundredth we needed to stay within the cutoff. Um, you know, so there, there's lots we can learn from that. And I think going forwards, there's, you know, all of us would much rather that have happened this year than next year. Um, and I think it's safe to say next year we won't make that mistake again. Um, we've made sure not to make that mistake again on any of the other relays throughout the meet. Um, and I think that's what it's all about. It's all learning. We'll all continue to move forwards and, and improve and get better. And we know where we can work on now. Um, but overall, you know, we, as I said, we were all really gutted and disappointed with that. But I think all of us did a great job of putting it behind us and moving on so that we could go again and step up the next time we raced. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then next up, you have the the individual 200 freestyle, um, which you've had a great season. And, you know, you you came and raced in the States uh, in Fort Lauderdale. And I'm pretty sure won the event here. Um, yeah. I know you won the 100 free as well there. And so, you know, it's like it seems like you've been having a good season. You qualified for it individually um, as well. Just, you know, coming out of your trials. Um, how are you feeling heading into that uh, individual swim and then? as you moved through prelims and semis was the confidence building for you yeah absolutely I mean coming into the meet I knew I was on good form um I could tell by the stuff I'd done in training and just by the way I was feeling in the water I knew it was going to be a great meet um the 203 was was no exception to that you know coming into it I knew I was on form to do something really good um I knew that the swim I had in the final at trials probably wasn't my limit I knew there was more to come from that um and so coming into the meet, I knew that just executing a, a better swam race tactically, there was probably a faster time. And that's obviously before you then consider the technical improvements we can make between April and the summer. Um, so overall, I, I was really excited. I knew it was going to be great. And obviously progressing through the rounds, the, the heat, the 45, eight, I think I did in the heat, um, was a great swim. I was really pleased with that. It was a, a very controlled and, and measured morning swim. Um, but obviously the time was still a 45. So I was like, you know, shows and backs up my my thoughts and feelings knowing that I was going to be on good form obviously then into the semi uh, I think I was 45-4 in the semi um, and on that again it was just trying to be as as smart as possible about how we raced it knowing that I had a busy schedule and a lot of races still to come trying to sort of protect myself for the back end of the week was really important as we progressed through the rounds on that um, so I think that got me in lane two for the final uh, which actually worked out as a really really useful lane to be in um, so I breathed to the right. And so coming home on that last 50 meant I was looking across the pool to all the guys in the middle um, so I could see where everybody was. So that was actually a really handy lane to end up in. Um, yeah. And then obviously, as we got into the final, um, I was ready to go. I was, I was excited. I was confident. Um, I knew I had it in me to, to do something. I think I'd be lying if I said when I came off the last turn and saw how far David was ahead, um, while I was underwater, I'd be lying if I said I thought I was going to win at that point. Um, but I sort of came off the wall, saw him underwater, and saw he was probably a body length ahead still. Um, and I was like, right, I need to go here. I need to, I need to dig in. I need to, need to get to that wall. Because um, I was like, you know, I've got a big shift here to pull a body length on the reigning world champion down the last fifty. Um, and to be honest with you, when I hit the wall, I didn't actually know where I'd come. I, I was pretty certain I was going to have medals, but I didn't know what colour that medal was going to be. So 
when I turned around and saw number one next to my name, I had to take my goals off and check it said number one and not number seven because I was like, hold on a second, let me make sure because before I get excited, I need to make sure that says one. But um, yeah, that was a pretty special feeling seeing that and, and definitely made me extremely hungry for more. Yeah, I was curious. I mean, that was such a surprising race for us as, as commentators and as fans just because you had David Popovich, the reigning world champ, looking very strong and on form through that first 150, you know, kind of doing what he did last year to win that world title. Um, and then we kind of saw the field come back on him. And, as, you know, you you said you saw him coming off that last wall. Uh, you know, I'm curious, what what is the line between, um, you know, seeing someone a body length ahead and being like, I don't think it's going to happen. And, and then being, and, and the, the opposite of that, you know, saying to yourself, yeah. okay, let's dig in. Let's, let's see what I can do. Yeah. I mean, so from my perspective, coming into that final, we knew the way to win it was going to be the back half of the race. Um, so obviously I've, I've got a lot of natural speed. Um, I have a lot of easy speed um, as a result of, you know, my, my 50 and 100 training that I've done. Um, the, the easy speed comes quite naturally to me. And so I knew that going into that race, my coach and I had discussed it and we said, the way to get in there and win this is going to be to be as controlled and as measured as possible down the first 100, but stay in the race, make the move on the third 50 to pull into a position where I can do something. And then the last 50, I just have to make sure that I outdo everybody else in there, technically, tactically, and just in terms of finding something within yourself down that last 50. Um, you know, I'm excited to see as we progress and we continue to race that event, what can I do by swimming it a different way? Um, you know, because I know that I could go out in a 49 and, and flip a 49 to feet in the first 100 and just see what happens. And there will be a time and a place for that. And we will try that at some point. And I'm quite excited to see what I can do from that because I don't, I don't know just yet. But, um, you know, yeah, that, again, it's all about learning and it's all about finding ways to to improve and, and continue lowering the time. And it's not a, a quick process. It's not something where we're looking for shortcuts. Um, you know, we're looking to try and look at the long term um, and the goals we've got for that event for me and, and figure out what's the best way we can test every way of doing it, test everything we need to do in training, everything we need to do in the gym and make sure that we find the best way for me to do it so we can, you know, get to a point where I can hang my goggles up at the end of my career and say, that time for my PB on the 203 is the fastest I could possibly have gone. Um, and who knows what that time will be. It seems like the UK has developed such a culture in this event specifically. Um, and, it's, and it seems to be bleeding over into the 100 freestyle as well, which are obviously kind of the two marquee events for relays as well as individual swims. Um, but I'm curious, like what, <laughs> you know, what, what's driving you in this specific event? You know, I feel like a lot of people would say, Hey, I can swim a really good hundred. I'm going to go focus on the hundred. And, you know, like you said, you've got the speed, I'm going to go swim the 50 and the hundred. Um, you know, but it seems like the UK has such a, such a tradition with this event now that they've built only over the last decade. And, um, I'm, I am curious as to, you know, what, what drives you, what's motivating you to, to try to reach new heights in this event specifically? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just love racing. Um, I mean, if I could, if I had enough time in the day, I'd race everything. Um, I'd race every event and I, I'd, I'd love doing that. Um, so I'd say that 
the sort of the drive for me is just the love for for the race. I think the two three is such a fun race to do. It really hurts. Don't get me wrong, but because it's you know that balance between really quick but also long enough that tactics play a massive part. Um, I think it's got a really nice balance for me of like you know utilizing natural speed and then utilizing racing smart, and I, I love that balance. So that's the reason why I race the two three because because I really do just enjoy it. Um, the hundred three I also absolutely love. Um, you know, I, the way I see the hundred three is almost like a, an extended sprint. You know, it's not an all out sprint like the 50, but you're almost sprinting from the start and then you've just got to turn and keep sprinting. Um, and I love that because it's just so fast paced. It's so exciting. You never know what's going to happen in a hundred three. Um, you know, and it, and it comes down to the finest margins and I love that too. And as for the 50, you know, the 50 is essentially for us is just use his training for the hundred. Um, but I'd be lying if I said, I don't want to sort of progress into that event a little bit more as I get older and and potentially, you know, sort of in my later 20s, maybe move away from the 200s and start to move down more to just the 50 and the 100. Um, you know, we've got a long time before we're going to have to worry about that. But in the meantime, I'll keep it ticking over and enjoying it. Um, you know, I think I might might throw in a bit of fly sometime soon again. I used to do fly quite a lot when I was younger um, and sort of stopped doing it to focus on the freestyle to make uh, Tokyo. And then obviously Tokyo got pushed back and there was another year where I wasn't doing fly. And then the year after that, we kind of forgot about it. And so basically, I'm not done fly for a few years, but I'd like to bring that back. And I think, yeah, in Britain, the, the 100 and 200 freestyle have become somewhat of a, a sort of, a, just an event that everybody wants to be a part of. You know, it's, it's, it's an event where we know we've got so much strength. Um, you know, we, we're seeing huge talent coming through. Um and everybody wants to be a part of that. Everybody wants to play their role in those relays and, and, and help be a part of bringing home some some silverware for the UK. So I think that's what's driving it. Um, and I can't see that slowing down anytime soon. I think it's only going to continue to to progress and improve. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're, as a country and as a team, we're not, we're not satisfied with where we are yet. We want to push those events on even further and, and take them to new heights. Yeah, so... so uh continuing the conversation of the 200 freestyle um i think the 800 the men's 800 free relay was one of my favorite events of the meet in terms of must watch tv because you in the united states had just had an epic duel um it was a really great race and i, I mean it came down to the to the last 50 really um where yeah. where you guys were just neck and neck um obviously you all are the defending Olympic champions. The U.S. came in the defending world champions. Uh, it was the first time that your Olympic gold medal squad had raced this event together since they won that gold in Tokyo. Uh, so what was the feeling for you guys heading into this race, knowing that, you know, you guys have, have won with this lineup before, but it was not a surefire thing with the U.S. being as strong as they were? Yeah, I mean, going into that race, I think it was a really interesting dynamic. Um, standing behind the blocks to the final in Tokyo, all four of us were stood there thinking, we're going to win this. How close can we get to the world record? Um, I think the other night on that 4 by 2 it was a very different situation. None of us were stood there thinking this is going to be a clear win. We need to see if we can get the world record. We were all stood there thinking... The Americans have got a hell of a team this year. They're, they've really thrown together a, a hell of a group of four lads. And, 
you know, this isn't going to be easy. We're not going to be able to just get in and, and chase the world record tonight. We need to get in and make sure we, still, you know, come home with the gold. Um, that was far more important to us this year than, than trying to chase after that record. Um, and I think it was shown in the race. You know, I think a lot of people before it were sort of talking about it as if we were just going to dominate the race as we, you know, sort of as we did in Tokyo. Um, I don't think people were giving the US guys enough credit for for what they were capable of doing. But we knew, you know, going into that, it wasn't going to be easy. We knew they were going to put up a hell of a fight, and they did. Um, you know, all four of those lads were were a pleasure to race against, and it was a it was a great race to be a part of, and then to watch because obviously I was a second leg. Um, so after my leg, I then got out, and I get to watch the second half of that race. Um, and you could feel the energy from both teams. We were next to each other, like you said, we were neck and neck the whole way through. Um, you know, I think I had Carsten Foster uh, in the lane next to me on my leg, on the second leg, and he he had a phenomenal swim. I think he was a 44-4. Um, you know, I was a little bit off what I would have liked to have been on my own one, on the 44-6. Um, but I think there's there's plenty more to come with that. Again, I'm still learning how to do it. That's only, I think, the second time I've done a rolling 200 freestyle at a, at a rested meet. So, um, you know, I've still got lots to learn on how to how to pace it because it's it's almost a different race doing it from a takeover than it is from statics because the momentum you get off that start is massive, but you've then got to try and find the balance between you know using that momentum and getting the most speed you can out of the first fifty, but without sort of chasing it and, and wasting your energy for you know to ruin yourself on the back half of the race. So yeah, it was a, it was a great race, and I think it's going to be another great race again next year in in Paris. It's it's going to be another head-to-head and I'm sure a lot of the other countries around the world are going to want to be involved in that too so yeah it's it's definitely a really really exciting race to be a part of and and I'm sure a really exciting race for for the fans and the spectators to watch yeah I'm, I, I know I'm certainly excited about that race coming yeah. next year um and then just yeah lastly about the world champs um is that 100 free you kind of touched on it but uh you know going from the 200 to the 100 I'm guessing you were feeling pretty good about where you were at in the meet, where you were at physically. Um, and then, you know, to, to miss that podium by three one hundreds, um, to still set a British record, you know, you win a best time, I think in prelim semis and finals. Um, so three British records (laughs) and three swims. Um, there's just a lot happening in that swim. Um, can you break that final swim down for me? You know, you said you felt like you, still had a, a areas of improvement um yeah what what are your thoughts on it yeah absolutely so the 100 free for me is a, a really challenging event mentally i think it's physically it's a hell of a lot easier than the 200 you know it's it's over much quicker you've got half the amount of pain to to, to sort of work your way through in the race so it, it's a much easier race physically to finish and do well than the 200 is but the, the challenging thing about 100 free is the, the margin for error is practically non-existent. You have no time to make any mistakes. And if you do make a mistake, you have no time to fix it. Um, so for me, the, the 100 free is just constant learning. Every time I get in and do one, I learn something new that I can then try and implement on the next one. Um, so, you know, I think that the 100 free final for me, you've got to look back at my final at champs, uh, British champs to, to understand what happened in that race. So, at the British Champs in the heats, I was a 47-7, um, big PB, really, really happy with that. And in the heat, I kind of felt like I hadn't given it everything yet. It was still pretty controlled and pretty pretty smooth. Uh, then I got into the final and went 0.3 star as a 48-0. Uh, 
Um, Duncan and Lewis both touched me out on that. And I think Duncan was 48-0-1. Lewis was 47-99 and I was 48-0-2 or something along that. It was, it was really tight. Um, and the mistake I made there was because I knew I was on good form in the heat. I tried to get out and, and tried to give it more down the first 50 and then give it more down the way back. Um, and what ended up happening was I worked harder down the first 50, but didn't go any faster. I was just sort of too tensed up and and aggressive um, rather than letting it flow and letting the race come to me. Uh, and therefore on that back end, I didn't have as much in me as I did in the morning because I was just so much more sore and, and tight after that first 50. Um, so that was obviously a really tough one for me to stomach knowing that I could have won that race if I'd just done the same I had in the morning, not even gone faster. Um, however, the learning from that was to learn how to swim that first 50 correctly, how to let it come to me, how to let it feel smooth and easy and be able to then bring it back. The challenge then was at Worlds in the final. I did a great job of that on the first 50. It was really smooth, very easy. I think I was out 22.8. Um, the turn was really good. It worked well. The, my breakout off the wall wasn't perfect, but it was manageable. Um, with about 25 metres to go was where things started to go wrong. Um, so obviously I could see Kyle was next to me and everybody knows just how good he is on that back 50 of 100. Uh, I was expecting him to come back at me on that. I knew he was going to be there. Uh, and as I saw him starting to make his move in, as we sort of closed in towards that last 25, I essentially made the same mistake I did at trials in the final by sort of trying, trying harder but did it on the last 25 rather than the first 50. And so I ended up sort of tightening up and shortening my stroke without actually gaining anything. Um, and then on top of that, the last five metres, I just had a really bad finish. Um, and that that essentially was the reason why I didn't, didn't you know, fulfil what I perceived to be my potential in that race. Um, but again, you know, there's so much to learn from that. We know that I've got to work on my finishes because that finish wasn't good enough. That, you know, I maybe wouldn't have been able to to, to beat Kyle or potentially even Jack Alexi in that, um, given what happened in the 25 preceding it. But the finish itself was the difference between me being fifth and being on the podium. As you said, it was like 0, 0 0.03. Um, but, you know, again, looking forward to the next year, there's so much to learn from that, so much to gain from that. And I'd much rather, again, that have happened this year than next year. So, um, yeah, again, I'm really excited to, to, to go again at that and, and see what I can do with the 103 next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so just congrats on the season that you did have, um, you know, like you said, some ups and downs through this meet, but you're walking out a two time world champion individually and on a relay, which uh, which which I'm guessing is pretty cool. How how has that sat with you, not only to be back on top with Britain in that four by two, but to also have won your first world title and, and to get to say I'm the best in the world? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I think it took me a while to sort of have it sort of set in. Um, I think, again, a large part of that was um, trying to protect myself for the back end of the week. Um, you know, I knew after seeing what um, what had happened previously. So in, in Tokyo, I'm sure you wouldn't mind me talking about this, but um, in Tokyo, obviously, Tom Dean won the 200 freestyle. Um, and the next day, I had to get in and race the, the 4 by 2 with us in the final and after that he led us out I think 1.5 seconds slower than he had the day before on his 2-3 final um, and you know I'd, I'd spoken with him about that afterwards and and essentially he said after the 2-3 final he was just so succumbed with emotion he opened his phone and it, it was just full of messages and 
and people sending in messages and every, everything just went crazy. And, you know, he found in that moment, he got so wrapped up in, in the emotion of it all that when it came to trying to race again the next day, he just had nothing left emotionally. He was just so drained um, that he just wasn't ready to go. Um, and so I kind of tried to learn from that. And as soon as I saw the result, um, you know, I was like, this is incredible. This is amazing. I've got to try and be present in this moment and, and enjoy it. Um, however, I need to make sure I just stay as balanced and measured as possible. This isn't the end of my week. This isn't the last race for me. Um, there's a lot more work to be done for myself and for the team on the relays. And so I was like, you know, trying my very best to almost forget about that race as soon as it was done. Um, you know, I, I tried to stay off my phone as much as possible, tried to just look about the race next rather than looking back at that race. Um, and so it took me a while to really feel feel like it had set in. Having said that now, obviously, I've been home uh, for a couple of days. I've been finished racing for a few days now. Now it feels like it's set in. You know, when I've come home and I've seen my family, um, you know, showing the medal to, to my parents and things and giving the, the teddies to my mum, um, you know, it just feels 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 a lot more real now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and it's a hell of a feeling. It's, it's really special. Um, and it definitely makes me really, really hungry for more. You know, all I want to do right now is get back in and start training for next year. Um, and I'm not going to. Uh, I know that I need to take time off and I need to sort of detox and have a break. But um, right now, the last thing I want to do is be out of the water. I just want to go again and, and, and get started for next year. But there's a time and a place for that. And when we get back in, we'll, we'll make sure we hit it hard. How long, how long is your break and what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm taking two weeks this year. Um, so I'll be out of the water for two weeks. I won't be completely out of sport um I, i'm too like i don't know i don't know how to describe it i'm too like highly strong to be able to to do no sport or no activity at all i'd just be losing my mind so um i'll probably be playing lots of golf a bit of tennis some surfing um going on a few walks with with the family and with emily my fiance so um yeah it'll be staying nice and busy i'm going to tomorrow morning i'm flying to to ireland to go and see emily's family um who live over in ireland so so that'll be really nice and then um the week after that my my mum and dad will be be around and I'll, I'll see them for a little bit so yeah just spending time with family really and and, and just relaxing nice um yeah speaking of your fiance emily i think you all were engaged uh sometime within the last year yeah um, yeah uh having having a a significant other that is also a swimmer can you tell me about the dynamic there you know you were both competed at world championships obviously you both understand each other in a way that you know probably most people don't um do you do you have you found that as as a good thing as helpful i mean obviously you guys are engaged so so something's working there yeah absolutely absolutely i mean it definitely wouldn't be for everyone. Um, I know that a lot of people it wouldn't work for, but um, so to give you a little bit of context, so we, we live together, we've lived together for the last two and a half years. Um, obviously we've been engaged now for just under a year. I think it's a year in a couple of weeks we've been engaged now. Um, so we live together, we train together, we race together. Um, we basically do everything together. So that's why I say it probably wouldn't be for a lot of people because I know lots of people would probably want to kill their partner if they spend that much time together with them, especially in sort of high-stress situations. But um, I think we've always done a really good job, the two of us, of, of being able to differentiate um, 
home life and work life. Um, so when we're at the pool, we, we're, we're there to do a job, whether that's training or racing, we're there to get our job done. Um, you know, we, you wouldn't know by, by looking at us that, that we're a couple. Um, we're, we're very professional in that, um, you know, we treat each other as just a teammate when we're at the pool. And then when we leave the pool, um, we also know when's the time to talk about things. You know, when do we want to talk about swimming, talk about the session, talk about a race that's just been, um, <clears throat> and when's the time to, to switch off and just be a normal couple and relax and watch a film or go out for a coffee and things like that. So I think we, we've always been really good at that. Um, and that dynamic has been really good for the two of us in that, you know, obviously both of us are swimming the best we've ever swum. We've both finished this season with, with huge PBs on our main events and, you know, uh, some, some great results in terms of where we finish on the, the world rankings for the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel very lucky that I, I get to share the whole experience with with my partner and, and be able to have her there to, to sort of live those experiences with me and, and vice versa, to be there for her and, and get to see her excelling at the, the highest level. I think it's something something really special that not many people will get to see, um, but we'll have some pretty cool stories to tell our kids one day. I really appreciate that insight because um, I think yeah, there are a lot of swimming couples, but um, it sounds like you all, it, whether whether it comes naturally or, or you've put you know the the effort and and the work into it, it sounds like you found a dynamic that works, which is which is very yeah. cool um, in any relationship, let alone a swimming one. Yeah. So uh, so let's talk about this season for you, just as a whole. You know, um, we we chatted a, a bit in Fort Lauderdale when you were racing here, but, you know, coming off of a big learning season for you last year, um, can you tell me about some of the changes you were able to implement or, or just the things you picked up along the way from last year, um, to make this season such a, you know, such a big success for you. And am, am I right in saying that you had a, had a coaching change in the last year, year yeah. and a half? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so at the end of last year, uh, after the World Championships, actually, and, and straight before uh, the Commonwealth Games and the European Championships. So in that gap between the Worlds and Commonwealths, I moved from Bath National Centre uh, down to Millfield, which is a school programme. Um, so I think a lot of people at the time were very sort of sceptical about, about that move and that decision. Um, I think a lot of people uh, had opinions about it, and, and obviously people are always going to have their opinions. Um the reason why I made the decision to do that was um, the discussions I had with Ryan Livingstone, my coach, uh, my now coach at the time. Obviously, he wasn't my coach, but the discussions I had with him at the time, um, you know, I could tell me and him would work well together. Um, he's extremely, extremely knowledgeable. He's very scientific. He really knows his stuff. Um, and for me, I work really well with that. I like to know what I'm doing and why. I like to know the science behind it, how it's going to help me um, and what I can do to make sure I'm getting the best out of myself. That's something I, I find really valuable in terms of a psychological perspective to know that everything I've done and been doing and I'm going to do has a purpose and a reason behind it. Um, so I made the decision to move down here and come and train come and train at Millfield. And at the time, we didn't have a, a sort of setup for... For me to be there we were just kind of training with the rest of the people that were there but under ryan um and then at the start of this season um we created the the performance group we've called it um and so it's a group of swimmers um that last year did have some school pupils in it 
I think this year it will just be senior athletes that are, that are full-time swimmers. So it is just a group of, of performance athletes that are targeting international success, <clears throat> whether that be an under-23s thing this year where we've got, we've got one of the lads uh, heading out to that this year and then obviously the World Championships. Um, the pure goal of that group is to be, next year will be to be competing at the Olympics um, and, and going on to, to succeed. So the reason I made the move was was down to um, the coaching decision. I wanted to work with Ryan. I wanted to, to experience working alongside him. And obviously, as we've seen, that partnership is working extremely well. And I, I can't thank him enough and, and sing his praises enough. I know he wouldn't want me to. Um, but I, yeah, I can't tell you just how great of a coach he is. Um, and the move as a whole, you know, last year was really tough. It was the first time for me in my career I had a, a, a real setback. Um, I think the fastest 100 free I did standing last year was a 49-1. 2 free, I think I was maybe a 47 low. Uh, was the fastest I managed last year. And obviously coming off the year before that, where I had a 48-2 and a 45-7, that was a huge step in the, the wrong direction from my perspective. <clears throat> I think the lessons I learned off the back of it, though, were, were so valuable. Um, people always talk in sport about like how it is so important to have the right mindset in sport. And that is so true. Um, I think the fundamentals of the right mindset in sport comes down to confidence and belief in yourself. But I also think it's really easy to be confident and have a lot of belief in yourself if you never get beaten. Um, and so I think for me last year, learning how to come back from that, learning how to get hit and get back up and find a way to, to move forwards um, taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about the sport. It taught me a lot about life. Um, finding ways to make things work and finding ways to, to, to create your own path um, and maybe take a path that's not yet been been walked or driven. Um, and I think that was that was was huge for me to come into this year um, knowing that I was doing everything, following my heart, following my gut, um, and and doing everything with a purpose was was so so valuable to me this year. Um, and will continue to be throughout my career. I'm sure last year won't be the last time I have a season where I have a setback. And, um, you know, the, the fact that it was the first is great because it's happened so early on in my career and I've learned how to come back from that. I've learned how to mentally come through it. I've learned what sort of support systems I need around me to help me get through it um, and fundamentally learn, you know, how to, to come back from a season like that and still have the confidence and the belief in myself and in my goals and my dreams and the things I want to achieve knowing that, you know, just because I've had a setback this year doesn't mean that the things I want to do within the sport are no longer possible. Um, I think there's a lot to be learned from from setbacks for everybody in sport and in life in general. Um, you know, quite often you get a setback before you get, you know, you get to your next level. It's, it's almost like a sort of delayed gratification. You know, you, you, you have to wait sometimes in life and that's just how, how you know, the game of life goes. Um but yeah, so it, it was extremely valuable and I wouldn't change last season for the world. Um, you know, if you, you said I could change it and go back and alter how it went and make it perfect, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, and, that, and that's honest and that's that's truly how I feel is, is I needed last year. That year taught me so much more than I would have learned if it had all gone perfectly. And I think if it weren't for that, I maybe wouldn't be in the position going into Paris that I'm in now where I know what I need to do. I know how I need to get to my goals and I know what my goals are. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a wild journey, but, um, I'm loving every minute and I can't wait to see what the next, next step and the next phase of this journey will look like.
Do you feel like the you've noticed the move, you know, just lifestyle wise outside of the outside of your your training and your coach? Um, ha, has that had an impact on you either either positively or negatively? Yeah, I mean, so down here there's there's not much going on. So I I live in Glastonbury. Um, the pool is in Street, which is the town over. It's about a five ten minute drive. Um, there's really not much going on around here. I know people know Glastonbury for the festival, but that's actually about eight miles out from the town itself, and you never really see any of the festival. Um, and when the festival's not on, it's literally like one of the sleepiest little towns you'll find. There's there's very little that goes on around here. Um, I think in some ways that's quite tough uh, because it means there's there's not much to do when we're here for a big training block. There isn't many things we can go and do in our downtime. Um, it's also tough in that, it's about two hours away from my parents, which might sound like <clears throat> might sound like nothing to the Aussies or the Americans listening, because I know you guys have a much bigger country to, to travel than us. But in the UK, a two-hour drive away is a pretty decent journey. Uh, and having said that, Emily's parents live about six hours away. So that's massive. That's about as big as it gets in the UK. So it's tough for us in that aspect is that it, it is kind of just us down here. But the great thing about that is that is it gives us the opportunity to just be completely focused on what we're doing. You know, there is no distractions. Um, whether you like it or not, you, you're here to do a job and the job gets done. Um, and I think there's something there's something to be said for putting yourself in a, in a place where you know what you need to do. The people around you have an aligned goal with you. Um, there are no distractions, no deviations. Everything is done by the book exactly how it needs to be done to get you to where you want to be. Absolutely. And which makes sense. You know, that's, I, yeah, I feel like that's probably what you want in a training environment. I know I've talked to, to James guy and Dean who are in bath, right? Yeah. 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 I don't think they've said, <laughs> they're like, yeah, bath is kind of boring. <laughs> There's not, not a whole <laughs> lot there, but uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's good. I think it's good to have a few distractions. Um, if, if that's, if that's what you're focusing on. Um, so obviously moving forward, uh, you know, it's Britain's looking pretty good. Uh, you know, you guys have a lot of, like I said, those 100 and 200 freestylers, um, heading into this Olympic year, especially with it being in Europe, you know, not, not very far at all from the UK. Um, what, how does it make you feel knowing that you have a lot of competition, right. Within your own country? Um, it's like the, those, those individuals, you're, you're the reigning world champion now, but you're not even guaranteed an individual spot next year. Yeah, I think, I think it's great. I mean, I love that. Uh, like I said earlier on, I, I love competition. I love competing. I love racing. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that for us, it comes down to, you know, one, one meet. Yeah, I know you guys are the same, you know, to, to qualify for the summer meet, you get one chance, you get one shot, you get one final, you get one race, and that's it. Um, and I, I really like that. I like that being that system. I know some other countries, some of the European countries have sort of a window uh, or a selection of, of a few meets where you can qualify. Um, but from my perspective, I'm like, when we get to the, the race in the summer, whether that be Worlds or Olympics or whatever, you only get one shot there. You don't get a chance to do the race multiple times and, and see who gets the best time overall. You get one shot at that race and, and it either goes your way or it doesn't. And so why would you not do that to qualify to get there? Um, so like you say, you know, 
in the UK, in the US, in Australia, there, there's no guarantees you're going to be on the team next year. It doesn't matter if you're world champion, Olympic champion. It, it's irrelevant. You know, once the swim is done, you move on and you've got to go again. You've got to prove yourself every time you get in the water. Um, I can't wait for that. I'm, I, I'm really excited to get back in. I can't wait to get racing again. I can't wait to get training again. Um, I think we've got a hell of a group of lads coming through on, on these freestyle events and it's just exciting, you know, and that's the special thing about these freestyle events and, and the shorter distance ones is that not only do you get to compete against these guys, you also get to compete alongside them in the relays. Um, and I do think that creates a really interesting dynamic within those events because you don't get just pure competition when you're in terms of the guys in your country anyway they're not just competition they're also your teammates um you know you, you will be racing with them as well as against them um and so you almost end up with a sort of collective goal where i would love to see a ridiculously fast final at champs do you know what i mean i'd love to get into that 103 final and see eight people go 47 well that'd be fantastic because our relay i'd be standing there going look at this look at the team we're putting together um, you know, I'd much rather that than see me go 47 and then seven people go 48. Do you know what I mean? I, I just, I think it's fantastic and I can't wait to, to see what the rest of the guys can do and to see what I can do and, and just keep enjoying it and, and having fun and, and racing. Well, I think that's a great, uh, great ending place, Matt. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and dissect this 2023 season and, these 2023 world champs with us um so appreciate you uh you sitting down and agreeing to do this um any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today or anything we missed i don't think so um i don't think so i think yeah i think we've covered all the bases really i just i'm just enjoying what i'm doing um and i'd, I'd advise everybody else to try and find a way of enjoying what they're doing too and and if you do that you'll probably end up in a pretty good place You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.